This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production. Biggest thing we can do is just get stops and run. Stops and run, guys. Push, push, push every time. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikbeam. Tackles everything about the world of sports, especially the one close to the host heart. Basketball. Updates, discussion, clarification, name it. Extra session has it. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikbeam. Okay, good day once again, sports fans. Welcome to episode 11 of Extra Session with Kiko Malikdem. And we are back with a bang today as I not only have one but two guests for this episode. Joining me with in this podcast is a good friend. He's a sports columnist, a coach, a teacher in the University of Santa Tomas. Friends, welcome, Coach Chris De La Cruz. Good morning, good day coach. To our, uh, good, uh, good morning to all, all our viewers. Uh, good day to everyone, to all the sport aficionados who are watching right now. Of course, Coach Chris and I will be talking to the former PBA reinforcement. He played for the Peter Foods franchise, part- particularly for the Star Hot Shots for two conferences in 2016 and 2017 Commissioner's Cups. He made a mark in the PBA after posting a spectacular stat line of 25 points and a monster 35 rebounds. Back in early 2018, he became a naturalized South Korean and he is currently playing for the said country, carrying the name of Ragun-a. Ladies and gentlemen, let's all welcome Mr. Ragun-a and Ricardo Ratcliffe. Good day, uh, Ragun-a. Anyasayo. Anyasayo. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Yes. Uh, how are you doing uh, right now, especially the coronavirus uh, putting a defensive stop? or booting a defensive effort against all basketball tournaments worldwide. How are you keeping up yourself in shape? Um, I'm doing really well, actually. Uh, I suffered an injury last year, so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm just rehabbing, uh, getting back in shape, and, uh, you know, getting my knee back to uh, 100%. Mm -hmm. I've been in Korea for about two months now because they wanted me to come back early to make sure, you know, I was working as hard as they wanted me to, so... Uh, the virus being a lot better here than it is most places in the world. You know, I'm happy to be back, and I brought my family back early with me because of that, because of the virus. Yeah. I see. And of course, a lot of basketball fans, particularly in the Philippines, were surprised when you first arrived and immediately made an impact for the Star Hotshots back in 2016. 
How were you able to come to the Philippines? Who brought you here? Um, actually, it was my uh, Korean agent. Uh, mm -hmm. His name is Ha, ha Kim. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he just asked me if I wanted to play, uh, if I wanted to continue to play throughout the summer after my season here was over. So I was just like, sure, I'll try it. You know, if the if the money, uh, you know, lines up right, and then, mm -hmm. you know, the timing, and then, you know, I'll give it a try. And uh, you know, I ended up going over there, and I played well. And, you know, I fell in love with the country, team, and atmosphere, everything. So, you know, I, I had a great time there. And, uh, you know, maybe in the future I can come back and play some more. What was your first impression of uh, with the Filipino players and, of course, the league after playing here, you know? But my first initial impression was they can speak English. Mm. Like, I didn't need a translator. Like, in Korea, like nobody really speaks English. It's probably only, like, 2% of the players that can speak English. Like, mm -hmm. so I was like, wow, like, they can speak English. And, you know, it seems like it's more uh, Americanized. Like, the basketball style is free, it's flashy, it's, it's fun. Like, here in Korea, it was, we play, like, real structured basketball. So, at times, it could look a little bit, look a little bit boring, but it works. But I'm like, you know, me being American, I feel that, you know, it's actually funner to play like American style basketball. And I think that's more so play like in the Philippines, maybe China and, you know, in the, I mean, involving the Asian countries. I mean, yeah. I see. All right. Uh, you call Korea now your home, Ardo. Uh, let yeah. me ask you first, uh, what does Raguna mean? Did did you choose you choose it or did someone gave it to you the name? Um, Ra comes from uh, my last name is Radlip, so just the R and A from oh, that. Yeah. But the Gunna, um, I actually came up with it, but I came up with the. Uh, they said it was like a North Korean version of it, so they just oh, made it. They gave me the South Korean version of what I said I wanted my name to be, and it came out to be Gunna. So oh, just right. brought from my last name, and then I picked the Gunna, but I picked the North Korean version. So they just basically like translated it to <laughs> Korean. So basically, so, they're, yeah, they're calling out. that's Guna, right? Guna. Right, Guna. right, just Gunna. But that means like, uh, yeah, they pronounce it as Guna, but you know, in the states you speak English, it's Gunna. But yeah, it means like it's like leader and strong, and you know, just how my how I and you know some fans think that I play, you know, being a leader and just being strong, never backing down, toughness, stuff like that. Like, that's what gonna, Guna means. Yeah. I see. This Basically, that, that's you. That's you. I like never to backing down so. from anybody, yeah. Yeah. Like and what was your so. most memorable uh, experience when you were an enforcement here in the Philippines? Most memorable? Um, I don't know. It was like we had some great times together. Uh, I, I regret, you know, not being able. I regret not going sooner. Like I, I would have wanted to go like right after uh, my rookie year in Korea, and I could have kept doing that, you know, throughout my career. Play Korea, and then go straight to the Philippines. I could have did that, you know, my whole career because I had so much fun there. But you know, it seemed like every every game was great. But I think that you know, my last game. The way I got sent off, it was like, you know, pretty special. Like, we actually didn't win, but, you know, it kind of felt like we won. And, uh, you know, everybody was so appreciative of my efforts and stuff like that. And they knew that I was, you know, in the process of trying to get, uh, you know, naturalized here. So 
you know, the way they sent me off was just, it was great. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate them for that. I see. What, who was the PBA player that caught your attention? Because when you saw him play, wow, he's good. Right. Uh, There's it so many, man. Um, like Jason Castro, of course. Uh, Jumar. Uh, I like Chris Ross. Uh, from my team, of course, like, you know, Mark, uh, Paul Lee, Mark Roca, uh, PJ, James Yap. It's so many, man. So many players there, so many legends. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate to be a, on the same team as so many of them. So, uh, you know, I'm grateful for that. And, you know, I, I still play against those guys in uh, FIBA. So it's good to see those guys. Are you still in contact with your former teammates? Uh, yeah, over Instagram, like, all the time, like, you know, we comment on each other's stuff, <laughs> each other's posts, and, you know, we just, you know, DM each other, making sure we checking in on each other. Uh, they check on my status to see if I'm, you know, available to play and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, they also ask me if I know players, maybe that other players that they consider, and they're like, do you know this guy? Or has mm -hmm. he, have you played against this guy? What do you think about him? And stuff like that. So that just let me know that they, you know, I played there for only a small amount of time, but, they let me know they really, like, respect me, respect my game, and, you know, I got the same respect for them. Did they actually uh, joke joke around with you or rib you about something else? Uh, about being in Korea now? Yeah. Yes. Or, nah, not really. Uh, it was all, like, <laughs> congratulations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Of course, they was like, man, like, we would, you know, we would love to have you, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, we look forward to to playing against you, uh, you know, soon. Speaking of uh, playing for Korea, can can I ask you one one big question? During the last World Cup qualifiers, did right. you really play well for for us to be lifted or to give us a lift somehow? Oh yeah, to get yeah, it? of course, <laughs> yeah, like uh, because many fans are we thanking were, you. We were, yeah. <clears throat> we were already in, yeah, we were already in. So I was just like. Only thing I get out of this is, you know, was making sure that you guys get in too. Uh, you know, the the Lebanon fans, they're actually big fans of me too because uh, the first time we played them, they didn't know who I was, and then we beat them, and they just knew that they were going to beat Korea, but they were just like, okay, who's this big strong black guy? Like, who's he? So they started being fans of me after that. So the second time we was about to play them, they were all like coming up to me like, please, like let us win, let us win, and I was just like. I can't do it. Like, you know, I got to, we got to win because I got to make sure, you know, you guys get in there too because, you know, I think you guys deserve it. So, yeah. and, you know, I just had to do what I got to do. I went out there and played hard. And that's why I, uh, I think I posted like uh, right after the game, like I put the, uh, the Filipino flag on my story. So, you know, like, so these, all the fans can know, like, I did it for you guys. Yes. So thank you for you, that. You thank you for that. <laughs> you received, sure, sure. received messages from you know the Filipino players. A lot. Yeah, <laughs> players, um, fans. I think uh, my DM. I probably had like I don't know, like at the time, like maybe over a thousand like messages. Oh. Yeah, that night, and it was just all like you know, like thank you, Idol, and you know, coming back to PBA, and you know, they were just very appreciative. Yeah. Yeah, Cardo. Uh, what's the biggest difference on how the game is being played in Korea and in the Philippines? Can you name at least one big difference? Uh, 
I would say I would say style, cause like here, like it's it's more like a like old school type, like penetrate and kick, like you know what I mean, like no flash. It's just like it works if you have like you know those the players that can tolerate that type of play. Like we got such good shooters, so we like penetrate and kick, penetrate and kick, and it it works. I feel like in the Philippines, it's more like. Americanized, like you, you see a crossover or Filipino players try to dunk on you and stuff. Like Koreans don't try to like dunk on each other. Mm. You know what I mean? Think no, they they stay, stay with the basics compared the to basics, the Filipinos. Yeah. yeah, that's why we just call it like it was like old school. But you can't really knock it because it works. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like it's I'll say like maybe Korea is old school and Philippines is new school, but both of them still works. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, either way, it's like a win-win. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, is there a chance for you to come back to the PBA, if ever? Uh yeah. Um, my contract with the Korean national team right now only consists of, I think, this year and then three more years. So then after that, I, I'm pretty much free. So. But I still have a passport, so I don't. I don't really know what's gonna happen, but I won't be tied down to any team because my uh, my contract with the national team is only for you know three more years. Yeah, so now I'll be a little bit older by then. So I don't know if you guys will want me anymore, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you you'll you'll only be around like say thirty four, thirty four. Yeah, thirty four. Yeah, you're still in the. I mean. In good shape. If you're still in good shape, there's I mean, a lot of hops. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. Remaining. Yeah. Still in pretty good shape. Yeah, mm. I don't feel I don't feel 31 right now. Yeah, I still feel like I'm, you know, in my late 20s. Mm. I feel pretty good. So, how did the naturalization process started for you in Korea? Was it an easy journey, or and uh, did the Philippines ever reach out to you? To be their natural player, naturalized player in. Um, it was pretty smooth. Uh, I heard it was. It's a lot more complicated in other countries, but it wasn't easy. But it was like a, it wasn't that stressful. Like only thing that for me is like I wasn't getting that that many updates. I would just hear something like maybe like I'll hear like oh it's going well, and then two months later I'll hear like oh it's not going so good. And then another two months later, be like, hey, it's going well again. So I was just like, okay, like, what's going on? So that's when, like, mostly I was in the, the Philippines at the time. And I was just like, all right, I'm just going to focus on, you know, just winning games here. I'm not going to really try to stress myself out about what's going on over there. Because if it works, it works. But if it doesn't, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'm still fine. I can still play here. I can still play. I'm still going to play in, in Korea regardless if I get passport or not. So, in that aspect, you know, it was it wasn't that bad because I talked to the guys that uh like Nick Fizikis who has who's naturalized in Japan. And yeah. I talked to him. And he was telling me that you know it's a really tough process over there to get it. And uh, you know, in that case, I was just like, you know, I'm grateful. You know what I'm saying? And I was the first person to get it here, mm -hmm. the first uh, American person. So that's why it. You know, Yeah, my agent has said something about uh, you know the Philippines considering me, but they didn't really they didn't really know. I think it had you know because 
think Andre was still maybe under contract, and then they was considering some other guys, but it was just like, you know, you're in consideration too, but uh, I doubt it. We're just going to really, you know, focus on, you know, career. So speaking of uh, the naturalization process in Korea, how did you adjust with the culture? How did you embrace it? Um, I think with me, uh, it was a lot easier because I came here as a rookie, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what to expect. So it was just like whatever I had to do to, you know, get on the court. At that time, I was so young and just so eager to play. I was like, whatever I have to do, I'll do it. So by that time, like now, like I would never speak up for myself because I was rookie. And but now, like I can, you know, as a coach, I don't like this or I don't think we should do that. You know, they kind of listen to me now because you know I have a good rep, good reputation, won some championships and stuff like that. So I got some pull around here. But with me, uh. You know, just starting out so young, it was like a, a lot easier uh, adjustments because, you know, I've been here so long. When I came here as a rookie, it was just like whatever I, I got to do to, you know, get paid and, you know, play basketball, I'm going to do that. It, it has been documented that the South Korea has had the number of the Philippines in international basketball. Uh, what do you think has been the advantage of Koreans over Filipinos? And how can the Gilas team in your own point of view, uh, can get over the hump? Honestly, I have no clue. Like, I didn't, I be, I hear, like, fans are messaging me, like, yo, the Korea curse or something like that, but I didn't even have any, any type of idea of that. Like, I played the last game in the Asian games, and people were messaging me, like, hey, take it easy on us, idol. Like, let the, let the, Filipinos play against the Koreans and you don't get involved because we got like bad blood. You know what I mean? And I was like, I mean, I, I would do that, but I'll get in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to play. You know, so I had to go out there and, you know, do what I had to do. You know, and then I congratulated the guys after the game, of course. But I got a lot of messages after that game, too. And uh, the fans were like, man, like, I honestly think we could have, you could have stopped the curse today if it wasn't for you or something like that. But, I had no clue it was it was like that, but like I said, uh, in order to beat Korea, you just got to be as disciplined as they are. They're super disciplined players. They won't go out of their comfort zone. You know what I mean. So they won't try a shot that they're not capable of doing. And I know as basketball players, we get like a high sometimes that we can do stuff that we can't actually do. Like bigs want to play point guard sometimes when they're not capable. Guards want to post up. But here, it's none of that. These guys are so disciplined. It's going, you're going to have to be as disciplined or even twice as disciplined in order to, you know, uh, to beat these guys. You you recently uh, mentioned uh, or talk about Thirdy Ravenna. Uh, what do you think he should do to be effective in playing basketball in Japan? Thirty. Yeah. Oh, um, just I'll say... Uh, just make sure his mind is right because, you know, it's going to be a uh, – it's a different culture. And uh, just go out there and just play. Play free. Like, they they signed him for a reason. They paying him for a reason because they want him there. So all he got to do is go out there be confident. He's super strong, super athletic, super talented. So he just got to play free. And at the end of the day, he just stay positive because you know if it doesn't work out, he can just go home. You know what I mean? And I think that was one of my big things when I was a rookie. I was just like, all right, I'm going to come out here and play. But 
at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, I can go back home. I can go back playing the D League and some some go play in another country. Like it's not the end of the world, even if it doesn't work out. But I always stay positive, and I know it will work out for him because you know he's super talented. I see. Until when can you see yourself playing active basketball? You said when? And until when can you see yourself playing active um, basketball? Um, shoot, I'm on year nine now, and I feel pretty good. I can actually, I can feel a little bit different from you know when I was younger, but I'm shooting for forty. Like that's my goal. Um, I had some teammates that are. Uh, I had a guy that was up to forty-four years old, and you know I like to watch him and study him. Uh, he actually played in the Philippines. Ira Clark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ira him, Clark. so I actually try to yeah I try to study. Like him, and I had another guy. Um, his name was uh, Gerard Stevenson. He was 43 years old. So I look at those guys and try to see how they move, try to see how they work out, the adjustments they made to their games, in order to you know have them play for such long stints, 20, 20 plus years. So I try to watch those guys and try to put it in my game too, so I can hopefully do the same thing, so I can play for a while and be able to take care of my family for a long time. So. Speaking of getting old in the sport, what else do you want to do with your basketball career? Um, I just want to, you know, make my family proud for one and have my daughter be able to go to school and, you know, brag about what her dad's done and stuff like that. And, you know, I want to help, uh, help others who grow up like me and not ideal situations, you know, not with, a, with not a lot of money and not both parents in the home and stuff like that. Uh, now, probably when I retire, I don't really, I can't really see myself as a coach because I don't really want to. Basketball is real stressful, so I don't really want to stay that close to the game. So maybe like a personal trainer or something like that to help basketball players stay in, you know, tip top shape. But as far as like coaching or something like that, mm. as of now, like that's not on my resume. Like that's not, you know, one of my plans. But I do want to stay connected to the game in other ways, like maybe like, yeah, like I said, like a personal trainer or I don't know, like a guidance counselor or something for foreign players yeah. just to help them adjust. Cause I can let them know like, hey, this is what you're going to expect in, in Asia. And if you play in Korea or if you play in the Philippines, this is what you can connect them expect to help them transition faster. Cause I know that's like a big burden for a lot of foreign players. They want to go home and stuff like that. So, I can help them, you know, adjust to, uh, you know, being being out of the country. Yeah. Now, for example, of course, uh, since you're a foreigner, for example, in a you're in a foreign land, you know. Uh, right. What can what advice can you give to someone who would want to be a naturalized player, just like you? Um. I would just say, just know that's what you want to do and know that, you know, that you're a good fit because uh, a lot of people think it's like all like perks and stuff, but it's like a lot of stuff. Like when you get naturalized, like now everything is on you. If we lose, it's on me, you know, because I didn't play well enough mm -hmm. because I'm the former player. So I'm supposed to, you know, be the best, you know what I mean? So you got to know you're in the right place to try to be naturalized you fit everywhere you're comfortable because when you get naturalized you're basically signing a prolonged contract so make sure it's a place that you're comfortable you can fit the style of play and it got to be a place that you love like 
and that you're loved. You got to make sure you got fan support and everything because uh, if you do mess up, they will turn on you. Like, are you so, yeah, that's what I said. Are you pressured that since you said uh, you're the naturalized player, you're the foreigner in the team? Are you, I mean, playing for South Korea? Are you? Do you feel any pressure to perform well? Uh, no, nah, I don't. Uh, I, I can see why people would, but I'm just. I work. I know I work hard and I'm confident. So I just feel like I'm gonna just go out there and, and play well, regardless. Like I don't feel like pressure like I have to do this or I have to do that because I just feel like I work so hard it's just it's going to happen anyways so yeah I just go out there try to be positive all the time and you know just go out there and do what I practice every single day so who's the favorite most favorite player naturalized player that you face that I faced yeah naturalized player um, I don't know. It's maybe um, what's hey, Dar Dar Tucker? Dart Tucker. Oh, he was Jordan. tough. Uh, yeah, he had like thirty. He had like thirty points on us. Um, Nick Fazekas is tough, but we didn't play. We only used, like scrimmage those guys. But it was like a a televised scrimmage, like a big time scrimmage. It was televised in uh, Korea and Japan, so. I have to say those two guys. Um, you know, I played against a few other guys. They did pretty well, but, you know, those two guys stood out even more to me than, those, than the rest of the guys I played against. That's naturalized, that is. Yeah, you can see on the performance of Japan recently, especially when they naturalized Nick Fisikas. Uh, right. Combined with... Uh, uh, their players. Uh, yes. Man, uh, you, I mean, when you see Nick Vasikas, you'll be, he's, he's so, I mean, compared to you and other muscular guys, you would wonder, yeah. how can he put up consistent double-double numbers, you know? Right, right. You're going to have 30 points and 12 rebounds. Like, you just look at him and he looked like he could be like a school teacher or something, like a 6'11 <laughs> school teacher or something. Yes. Again, He's just going to hit seven three-pointers, do some fadeaways, and grab 12 rebounds. It's just like, what? But, yeah, it works. Okay, so um, I have here some questions, okay? We're here now. Uh, say something, the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, okay. Just blurt it out, okay? So who's your favorite PBA player? <laughs> Mark Finger. <laughs> yeah. Is he favorite or let's say uh, the most funniest? Oh, <laughs> uh, you mean like who I think is the best or yeah. like who is like the, the best player? I think I have to go with Jumar, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, all those MVPs, all those awards he got. Uh, I think that he can play in pretty much any country that he wants, but he decides to stay home. Yes. So your favorite PBA player is Martin Greece, but uh, you think the best PBA player is Jun Marfardo. Right. Okay. So right. who's your favorite NBA player? LeBron. LeBron James. The king. Right. Uh, well, the next question will, will is very, pretty obvious. Who's the favorite team? I mean, who do you think yeah. will win the NBA this season? The Lakers, of course. <laughs> LeBron and AD, like that's that's a super tandem. 
Yeah, and of course they have. I mean, they have no reported injuries except for Rondo. Yeah, and I mean they could they can they can go all. They can go without. Yeah. yeah, they don't need they don't need them that much. Yeah, uh, yeah. team in the NBA growing up. Growing up, yeah. um, I don't know. I never. I got into basketball kind of late, so when I was really playing, I wasn't really watching it like that. But you know, I got. I guess I would say the. I don't know the Wizards. That's the closest team to to where I'm from, Washington Wizards. I, I don't know. <laughs> the the yeah. player in the PBA that you had a hard time defending. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> uh, I guess I'd say the hardest to guard was Jumar. I guess, yeah. I don't think I had a hard time defending him, but you know he's he's probably the hardest player to guard in the league for sure. Yeah. I see. Player in the PBA that you had the hard time eluding the defense. A player that you have a hard time to to penetrate the defense. Um, I have to say nobody again, but mm -hmm. uh, I would have to say a team, like because yeah. it's just one on one. Like that's that's not really not happening. But when I play like against San Miguel, like they do a good job of you know packing it in. Because you got if you once you get past Jumar, then you have the other form player, yeah. or vice versa. If you got the other form player guarding, like when I was there, it was Charles Rose, and I got past Charles Rose, it was Jumar. So <laughs> I would have to say like. Uh, so you have a, idea, for yes. sure. If you were to choose, okay, would you rather be a good defender or a good scorer? Um, I feel like it'll it'll have to depend. Like it'll depend, like where you're playing and the system, and it's a whole lot of stuff that'll go into it. Like if I'm maybe in Korea, you could be. You have to be a good scorer, but if you, in some places in Europe, like you can only defend and be a millionaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can play like Rudy Gobert and average uh, eight points, and as long as you got those five blocks, you gonna get paid that million dollars for that season. But yeah. in Korea, that's not gonna fly. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it just depends like where you are, which country you're playing in, what team you on. So I just try to stay like as evenly balanced as I can. What's the worst injury that you had? Um, I guess it's the one that I suffered last year because uh, I was out the longest. Uh, I only I had two. This is my second injury. Um, I'm now, I got my knee strength back up to 100% now. I was out since uh, February. Okay. And wow. it was, what was that? A torn, was that? Uh -huh. I tore something in my MCL. Okay. So, yeah, that was my worst injury. And, you know, I just try to, uh, you know, pray, stay positive, and just rehab hard. And now I'm back dunking and, you know, running up. I get up and down the court in mm -hmm. less than nine seconds. And I'm back to, you know, back to pretty good strength and health. Uh, uh, does Korea have another naturalized player, or are you the only naturalized player for Korea right now? Uh, I'm the. Well, it's some half. It was some half Korean players, but I was the only, you know, just straight 
100% American like, player with no Korean blood. I was the first, yeah. If we check your gym bag right now, what are the things that we are going to see that will shock or surprise us? If you check my what? My your gym, gym bag. Your gym? Oh, gym bag. Gym yeah. bag. Oh, with shock? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think nothing. You know, it's just regular stuff in there. It's just, uh, you know, it'll be shoes in there. Uh, my toiletry bag that has, like, deodorant and soap and cologne and stuff. But other than that, in there, nah, no, I don't think nothing will shock you guys. It's just regular uh, basketball player stuff. Yeah. Stuff to work out in and stuff to get clean after you work out. That's it. I see. Coach Chris, you have other questions before we wrap things up for uh, Raguna? Uh, just want to ask uh, his message to his uh, Hotshots fans. What is your message to your Hotshots fans? Uh, I just want to, you know, thank them, of course. Like I always try to do on Instagram. Uh, I always try to shout them out in, uh, you know, my stories and stuff and let them know that I appreciate everything they did for me. And I appreciate the support they still give to me. They still watch my games. And I, and I always watch the, uh, you know, Star Hotshot games, whether it's the uh, you know, the All-Filipino Cup, uh, you know, the 6-8 or under 6-8. I still, you know, I'm still supporting. And I hope they continue to win. And, you know, maybe someday we can meet again. Because okay. if I do play in the Philippines again, it'll definitely be for for start for the rest of my career. Yes, that that's a good or oh, great news for... Well, Magnolia now, I mean. Yes. Changing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Magnolia Pambansang Manok. <laughs> right. I can't say that last part yet, but yeah. I'll get it soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, regarding that, wraps up another episode of Extra Session DC. And I would like to thank our guests, Raguna, and of course, Coach Chris. Uh, thank you for spending time with us. It was indeed a great honor for us to have you in our podcast. Hope we can have you again sometime in the near future. All right. Thanks for having me, man. I had a great time. Have a great Thank time. You very Thank much. you, Coach Chris. You, you have any shout-outs about you, Coach Chris? Uh, just so I want to uh, uh, greet my students in the University of Santo Tomas and all my friends. How about you, Ricardo or Raguna? Uh, to, same thing to all the Magnolia fans who've been supporting me and, uh, you know, to all the fans in, uh, in the Philippines, period, who support me and, uh, you know, who love me and love what I do. I just want to say thank you and I love you guys back. Okay, uh, I would like to greet my lovely wife, Leo, and of course my kids, they're actually watching me right now here recording the podcast. So guys, this has been Malik and in behalf of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Philippines, teams are always exciting if there is an extra session. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And if you want to know more, check out www.guerillapodcast.com.au or guerrillapodcast.com.ph A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production.
We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com